practical lessons here, okay? Proverbs 18. And of course, I'm still working my way through Psalms here. There we go. Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to look at two verses in Proverbs 18. If you go down to verse 13. Proverbs 18. Look at, look at verse 13. He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Now, I, I won't say that I don't uh, know this from firsthand experience way too often. But parents have a, a very big issue of constantly thinking we know what our kids are about to say or what they're saying and addressing what we think is going on or even like we know better than them and we know, what's, we, we know where they're going and what, what's in their head and what they're thinking about. And we literally start addressing an issue before we hear all of what they're saying. And l- l- listen to me careful. And of course, I'm talking to all of us. Like, you know, I hate to be so pointed, but it was our kids that went. So, <clears throat> so this one's to me too. But, and I know, I know this for a fact because I have talked over my kids and regretted it when I found out the truth later. Is that listening is, is actually, you know, uh, monologue is not dialogue. Okay, and dialogue is not monologue. Do you understand this? Listening is one literally considered by almost everyone that understands communication. Listening is the first and most important part of any conversation. Not talking, listening. And listening is not just hearing. Okay, listening is not just hearing. Listening is seeking to understand. That's what this passage is talking about. He that answereth the matter before he heareth it. It's not talking about just hearing, but it's letting our kids vent and talk and, and seeking to understand. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's not assuming I know. I do that all the time. I know what's going on here. You might not. Shut your mouth and ask good questions and evoke. What we're trying to find is what, what, what touched my kid's heart this week? What touched my kid's heart this week? And in my process, trying to dig past the layers that are between us as parents and kids and touch that heart, get that heart to crack open a little bit. Um, And every kid is different. You all know this, right? So with Autumn, I could literally stop at the end of the driveway. I mean, literally at the very end of the driveway, right by the road, put the car in park and tell Autumn, we ain't moving until you start talking. And she'd sit there and go, for like 10 seconds and then be out it would all come with Dakota I had to hit hit him with a hammer just about to get him to crack open and that's a whole nother realm and I'm still trying to figure out Katrina and that's that's okay we'll get there she's trying to figure out me too so listening listen no listen um make it a primary goal to hear uh so Lovdonsky's Clark's kids never want to talk when you're ready for them to talk and, but when they're ready to talk, you want them to talk. So if it's, I'm going to bed, or I've, they got something else I think is more important, listen. Stop what you're doing. Listen. What's more important, our kids or making money? What's more important, our kids or having enough sleep tonight? What's more important, our kids or getting a certain job? I'm, just, I'm serious. 
There are times when we need to pay attention to what's important. And listening is, again, seek to understand. Try to find out what, what's their heart being said. And I don't, listen, I get some of this from a couple professionals. And again, I'll talk to all parents. Shepherding Your Child's Heart is a good book for all parents. I've got it in the, in the office. But if, if your kid is angry or being withdrawn, it's, it's a high possibility that you've not been listening. It's a high possibility that you've not been listening. You've been responding. You've been hearing, but not, not digging into the heart of the matter. Okay? And you're going to have to use some patience and love and draw that heart back out. Matter of fact, uh, in Proverbs talks about the, the man of wisdom draws out uh, counsel. I, I, that verse has gone with me. But if your kid is angry or withdrawn... Now, some kids are just naturally quiet. That's not, that doesn't mean withdrawn. I'm talking about when you talk to them, it's... Mm. Okay, if their, answer, if their response is anger or withdrawing, you, you, you probably have maybe built a wall up there you didn't know you built. And you need to spend some time tearing that wall back down and letting them know that they can talk to you. Uh, Colossians 3.21 is a pretty straightforward on that, and I think it applies to moms too. But fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged lest they be discouraged, Colossians 3.21. Another verse here in Proverbs, okay, is Proverbs 18.2, which I've kind of already talked about this, but verse 2. A fool hath no delight in what? Understanding. You have to learn to understand. Listen, that kid, you, you don't always know what they're thinking. You don't always have exactly in your head what they've got in their head. Does that work with any other person in the world? You know, I think we think that because when they're little, it's simple. You know, they got a diaper, they need a diaper change, you know. And I remember looking at the kid and looking at Dana going, what's wrong? <laughs> well, I've already changed your diaper, we haven't fed yet, or they need to be burped. And at that age, you get everything, you understand it. But then they actually start developing, you know, like a soul and a conscience and a personality and their, their self-identity and the person that they become. And that, because they live in your home does not mean you understand them. I'm just going to say it again. Because they live in your home does not mean you understand them. You have to seek to understand. And only a fool would not seek to understand. So make, make an attempt. Try. And you know what? The whole deal about people don't change, that's the biggest lie in the world. People can change every day. Okay? So seek to understand. Okay. Um, number one was listen. Number two is encourage. 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 Ephesians 4.29 is a great verse out of this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know, your kids don't eat all the time, and it's so easy for us. We get frustrated. We get burdened down with things that are important to us. And to us as parents, you know, sometimes we start, we start putting our, our troubles and their troubles in a balance. And we always see ours as being more important. Did you ever think that your parents' troubles were more important than yours when you were that age? No. I tell you, what everybody's experiencing to them is the biggest thing they've ever experienced at the moment. It's a big deal. Don't, don't downplay the things that are important or not important, the things that make them angry or happy. Those things are, are big and important to them. Don't demean that. It's important to them. Just because you think yours are bigger 
doesn't mean that they actually are. They feel the weight of theirs the same way you feel the weight of yours. Now, I understand I'm not talking about responsibility. Responsibility grows. I understand that. But it's not like a few extra hours given to them is going to absolutely kill you tomorrow. They do have things like, you know, coffee, energy drinks. And honestly, after conversations like that, I'm so worked up the next day, my brain is running. But anyways, so don't, don't, don't cut them down. Build up. That's what it says. No corrupt communication. Don't, watch what you're saying. Don't, don't corrupt, but edify. Build up. Build up. What, what can you say in this conversation? So, so what do kids do? They, get, they have something that is big to them. It's huge to them. And on you're like, you learned that when oh, I learned that when I was like two. And you're just now figuring that out? Yeah, that's real helpful. <laughs> Encourage. Build up. Build up. Don't cut down. Build up. How can you build them up? How can you, how can you take some of the bricks that were added to their frame at Camp Week and keep adding to that? Make those things stronger. So encourage them. Encourage them. Number three. Okay, and this is, to, this is to everybody, but I'm just talking to all parents, period. So number one, listen. Number two, encourage. Number three, are you all ready for this? I don't think you are, because most parents are horrible at this. Confess. What do you mean? If you've blown it, open your mouth to your kids and admit it. I, listen, three words that your kids will be totally shocked and think they've never heard in their whole life from their parents. I was wrong. You know, James 5.16, most people here know it, or at least so many of you could, could quote it. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. You hear that? There's no age limit in there. Well, he's only, he's only 10. He doesn't understand. Did you blow it? Did you fault? That's the same word, by the way, that we looked at this morning. Uh, it's, a willful, it's a willful transgression or an unintended uh, error. Confess it. So if you've blown it, admit it. Admit it. Uh, allow for it. Listen, you're a human. How in the world are our kids going to learn that perfection is an unreachable goal and only by Christ are we going to find any kind of peace in this life if they don't hear us say I was wrong would you forgive me oh you're not perfect I thought we were always supposed to be perfect no you're not perfect no one's perfect how in the world are our kids going to learn when they when they run up against it's a, well, I'm gonna get ahead of myself so there's no age limit on confession or forgiving if listen if if you if you harm one of these little ones what did Jesus talk about that yeah, he, he's not very happy about that. Listen, we need to confess our faults. If you're a parent, you need to admit to your kids um, that this whole business of, well, you, you know, I'm a parent, but I, so I can't teach that because I failed at that. No, you, you teach the truth, whether you're a failure at it or not. And then you admit, I'm a failure at that. I'm not doing this right, but this is how you're supposed to do it. I was wrong. Would you forgive me? I'm sorry. There's no age limit, no relationship limit on either one of those verses. Now, here's what this whole thing is. If you're going to listen well, and you're going to take time to encourage well, and I'm giving you just a blast overview here, okay? And you're going to confess properly, this is very important, this is going to take time. It's going to take time. Why do we drive... uh, 
11, 11 hours to camp because it's a good investment. Why do we, why do we uh, pay the light bill? Because it's a good investment. Everybody like the AC? Why do, we have, why do we have the pie and cake auction? Which just dawned on me, I really kind of put it together. Thank the Lord for a couple of years of COVID where that, the money was able to build up in that account. And we were better able to handle uh, this year of camp with all the increasing costs. That just suddenly dawned on me. Thank the Lord for that. But what, what, why do we pay for the AC? What, why do we spend time coming to church? Why do we do all these things? Why do we have a 401k? Those are investment because what? We're looking for a good ROI. Okay? For those of you who don't know ROI, it's what you want. You want a good return on investment. There's, there's times when I have people come in and they're looking for a, a charity. You know, they, they're looking for a help from the church. And, and my, often, one of the ways that I determine that is, is, it a good, is there a good ROI here? Am I, is there a good return on my investment? Not, sometimes there's not. Oh, well. But listen, is, are, our kids worth, listen are our kids a worthwhile investment? Then that takes time. Well, quality over quantity. Baloney. Baloney. Whoever taught you that quality is better than quantity is a liar. Quantity, quantity, with quality. Quantity, it's going to take time. Anything worthwhile takes time. Amen. And this is a big investment. Which means what? Don't use shortcuts. Don't use shortcuts. Okay? I'm kind of leaning, I'm, I'm straying out of camp here, but at the same time, listen, this is what I'm talking about. If you want to keep your kids rolling on that realm of good camp spirit and good camp attitude, when they blow it, don't use bribes to get good attitudes. That's not what they did at camp. They got punched in the face with scripture. They got, listen, I, and this may, this may not go over real well, but if what it takes to have your kids deal well with the Lord is to reduce outside influence, then reduce outside influence and increase, increase spiritual influence. If they can't handle a cell phone or change what kind it is. That, you hear what I'm saying? Increase. Now often, often just a good balance here is a, is a good thing. So you know what they did at camp? They heard, they heard preaching three times a day, four times a day. Okay, they went out and had good exercise, um, and they had they slept well, and they had decent meals. You know, that's kind of like what most of us need, and don't get enough of. Good activity, exercise, okay, open up the lungs, good meals, good sleep, and a good walk with the Lord. I tell you, you know what your parents could do. I tell you, you know what your best thing your parents could do is look at all of your intake of of eye and ears. And drastically reduce all the fun stuff and drastically increase all the things that are helpful in the things of the Lord. If it's just turning on the Bible to be reading to you, listening to messages. I mean, this is, okay, what else could we do? So what did the preacher talk about? What did he say? What passage was that? What did you think about that? Huh. And then yourself, how does that apply to me? What can I do with that? You hear what I'm saying? Hearing Caleb talk about going on a hike and talking about the things of the Lord. Can, can, can anybody here do that? Hello? <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. So it's going to take time. Do not use shortcuts. I tell you, one of the greatest, 
one of the greatest irritations I had for a while, some of you might remember it, was when teachers were allowed to prescribe Ritalin for their students without, parent, without parental uh, interaction. Uh, I don't know if you all know that, but that, that, hap- that happened in the United States for a while until they figured out what Ritalin actually did. But my nephew had, a, had one of his teachers because he didn't know how to handle him, and he was, he was a rough one, no question. So instead of trying to seek to find his heart and understand him, she threw Ritalin at him, okay, to correct his action, it never touched his heart. Listen, and his goal, his entire life up until a teenager, what he wanted to be, and he went into the military and said, I, I want to join the military, and I want, to, I want to do this in the military, and they found out he'd been on Ritalin and said, sorry, we're never going to touch you with a 10-foot pole, because he'd been on Ritalin. It's like, What? Because some teacher thought she knew better than... Uh, now listen, I'm, I'm getting political here, but listen. The teacher was trying to correct an action and not seeking to help the heart. Don't use shortcuts. There's so many things we want to throw at our kids to help keep the action going that we got. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Get a hold of their hearts. Find their hearts. Dig open. Dig, get in there and find the hearts. Use biblical actions. Quit resorting to to other things. So what's the ultimate goal here? And we're almost done. What's the ultimate goal for our kids? Well, we want to raise good kids. No, that's not the ultimate goal. That's the wrong goal, by the way. We want to raise godly kids. Malachi 2.15, God, God the Father says he, he, he made marriage because he's seeking a godly seed. Okay? So often what we're trained, and listen, from the world's perspective, I get it. Well, you want to raise kids so that you like them. You want, them, you want to like your kids, so you want to raise your kids to be like people that you like. Well, from the world's perspective, I kind of get that. And while there's a bit of common sense in there, that sounds great, but that's not what we're commanded to do. We're raised, we're, we are commanded to raise kids that are following in the nurture and admonition of, not us, not what we like, what the Lord likes. I tell you, I mean, I thank God for my parents. I appreciate to go to bringing it up. They did. They absolutely broke. That's, I love the break the chain thing. We always use changed our family tree. Uh, he, they changed our family tree. Uh, definitely. My parents broke some chains. Uh, and thank the Lord, I believe that my wife and I have been able to break some more. And hopefully our kids can take it on and break some more. Listen, what do we want? We want to start a generational a generational growth, not just, not just an individual growth, but each family finding it more understandable, more easier to see what God's will is, to understand God's word, to have a good foundation of, of Bible teaching and Bible understanding so that the next generation can build on that foundation and go deeper, go further, go, go out. I mean, that's what Paul wanted when he talked to the Thessalonians. You've been following me and then you followed with me and man, keep going, follow on and train other people. This is great. We're seek, God seeks a godly seed. Amen. Ephesians 6, 4 says we're, we're not supposed to provoke them to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We don't want to just raise good kids. We want godly kids. And what that takes is more than just confirmation to what I want. It takes opening up their heart, seeing where their heart is, and having conversations where the scripture and the heart meet. Amen. Amen. We, we want to have conversations where, you, listen, all kids are, we don't, we forget this part, but all, all humans have what's called a conscience. God said that. It's built into their heart. And when the conscience 
and the heart and the truth of Scripture meet, I'm telling you, you will see drastic changes in your kids. When their conscience gets affected. Think about what Jesus, when Jesus would preach to the Pharisees and says their heart was pricked. That's their conscience. He aimed at their conscience. And we can do the same thing. We introduce Scripture. We help them walk through it. Amen. And when they meet something that they cannot in themselves, they can't control their anger, well, yeah, that's because you're human and you need Christ. I have issues like that. I needed Christ. You need Christ. Amen. Listen, what is the ultimate goal? To raise godly kids. So, parents, how can you help your, how can you help your teenagers? Listen, listen, get your kids to decompress from camp. I'm not kidding. If you can get the, if you can get the, the motor started, it won't shut off for a while. They're going to talk and talk and talk and talk about all the fun stuff. Half of it you're going to go, okay, it sounds like crazy. I didn't have to get all that, but man, this is awesome. They're talking, okay? Get them talking. If they'll talk about camp, listen, listen. Seek to understand what they're saying. Try to answer. Try to find out what's their heart. What is, how have you? How has the messages in the camp touched their heart? Encourage everything that God has put in there. Encourage it. Help it. Make it stronger. Amen. And encourage further. Don't be a downer. Don't be a wet blanket on. Oh, you'll probably go back to what you used to be. Oh, shut up. Listen. Be an encouragement. Be an encouragement. Well, I'm not even sure if it's real. Oh, oh, because you're the good judge, right? You know everything? Yeah, no. Just do your best. Build up and confess. Confess. When they talk about something that they learned at camp and you still have trouble with it, say, hmm, that's an area I still struggle with. Amen. Confess. And then uh, that's going to take time. Devote time to your kids in this process. No shortcuts. Give time. And remember, the ultimate goal is not good but godly. I mean, we want, to give the, we want to teach them to follow Christ, not follow us, not make us happy, but seek to be, seek to be uh, one and walking with God. Amen. How to help your kids. So that's just, just a few thoughts, and maybe we'll have some different ones uh, next year, but a few thoughts to how to help your campers after camp. Amen. And it looks like I might need to read those notes again for me. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's all stand.